Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I do want to point out that most of our one seeds are out of this bracket right now, which rarely <laughs> happens on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, our I think, taste is the best taste. There you go. I think that means that there's a glitch in the matrix. The films of the 1990s were big, bold, and left a lasting impression on audiences and future filmmakers alike. Their soundtracks were no different. After the 1980s saw an explosion in commercially viable movie soundtracks, the 90s upped the ante, stacking major films with exclusive songs from some of the day's biggest music artists or carefully curating track lists of future indie darlings. Now, 20-plus years later, the Great Pop Culture Debate podcast wants to look and listen back to the end of the 20th century as we determine the best 1990s film soundtrack you say i only hear what i want to and you're right because it's my goddamn podcast shantae you stay i'm your host eric resniak please help me welcome my panel for this episode our first panelist isn't clueless about this titanic bittersweet symphony of 90s music it's jim zadzik <laughs> well eric while i might be feeling a little dazed and confused i can't hardly wait to dive into this craft of these singles and soundtracks with no cruel intentions of course Ooh, wow, wow. Oh, cheers, jim. that's gotta be a record <laughs> it has to be well jim Jim, I look forward to watching you do that thing you do. Welcome back. Next, she's the friend asking the cashier to turn up my Sharona. It's Carissa Claus. Can you turn this up, please? You won't be sorry. Also, Evian is naive, spelled backwards. <laughs> it so is. <laughs> and finally, the more you get into her, the stranger it feels. Welcome back, Kate Reculia. Na 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 na. It got knocked out in the first round. God damn it! <laughs> it it's true. It's true. So speaking of which, if you're curious about how we ended up with this top 16, become a Patreon supporter of the podcast or check out the bonus preview of this episode on your podcast platform of choice in which we go through the whole bracket up to this point. And don't forget, you can head to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the listener bracket for this episode so you can play along with us at home. With that out of the way, you're all our babies tonight. So let's move on to these debates. First, it's another unanimous victory for ultimate number one seed Clueless, which was totally butt crazy popular compared to Four Seed Can't Hardly Wait. As I mentioned in uh, the break in between filming uh, part one and part two, this is really kind of filet mignon versus steakums. Clueless and Can't Hardly Wait, very much the same vein in terms of soundtracks. And I do want to really reiterate this. We're talking soundtracks, not movies here, mm -hmm, right? So mm -hmm. we're specifically looking through that lens. Next, it looks like Three Seed The Lion King just can't wait to get to round three as it has majority support over Two Seed The Wedding Singer. But I am saying be prepared to defend yourself as I croon in favor of Two Seed, the wedding singer. Carissa, get Lion King out of Africa and into round three. I will pick up the torch of elderly white people spitting rappers delight as I defend the wedding singer. <laughs> Carissa, why don't you go first? The Lion King is a, such a successful film and also soundtrack. It's Elton John and Hans Zimmer just doing all the things you've got <laughs> you've got all the bangers from the film that then became the musical circle of life can you feel the love tonight hakuna matata uh elton john performs on several of the songs along with the cast which is really fun and cute it's also the best-selling soundtrack to an animated film in the united states Ever. Mm, and it is, yes, it has sold over 7 million copies, only about like 4.3 of which happened the first year mm, that it wow. was out, which wow. is still an insane amount of yeah. CDs. I, I bought it. I bought it twice. Same. <laughs> so, well, not twice, just once. Yeah. I scratched mine. It got stuck in my three disc changer and I uh, got it out with a plastic ruler. Oh, <laughs> Wouldn't man. recommend. That is the 90s right there, kids. Right there. CD changers. The struggle getting, was oh, so real. It really was. <laughs> um, great argument, Chris. Anything else to add on Lion King? I mean, I think that's all I need for now. You let me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I actually argued against The Wedding Singer in round one because although it is one of my favorite 90s movies, it is a overwhelmingly 
80s soundtrack, which I think hurts its overall 90s-ness. But I'm stumping for it here because I similarly don't feel like the Lion King really fits this category. Is it a soundtrack released in the 90s? You bet it is. But is it a completely different, well, animal than virtually anything else (laughs) in this bracket? Hmm. Also, yes. While the Wedding Singer soundtrack is 90% 80s music, they're all amazing 80s tracks. Every Little Thing She Does is Magic by The Police, Hold Me Down by The Thompson Twins, Every Day I Write the Book by Elvis Costello, also includes notable covers of 80s songs, including the President of the United States of America's Video Killed the Radio Star, which is a banger cover, arguably better than the original. There are also the original Adam Sandler songs, Somebody Kill Me and Grow Old With You, which actually appears on the second soundtrack. That's right. This was so popular that a second soundtrack was released for The Wedding Singer because like Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, which unfortunately got knocked out on round one, it was such a huge hit they did a whole second soundtrack featuring more awesome 80s hits. And what is more 90s than crass commercialism and bleeding a property dry? (laughs) So with that being said, Jim, where are you on this one? Um, I, I think the a category that maybe wasn't in uh, other times we've talked about soundtracks that for me personally is a, did I did I see it on my friend's CD collection? Did I see it on my, maybe uh, family members, parents? And this uh, I think definitely Lion King falls under that category of like it, if I'm thinking outside of my experience, it definitely is such a big moment of the '90s uh, soundtrack and film. I'm going to yeah. go with that. Yeah, Kate, what about you? So I owned both The Lion King and both of The Wedding Singer soundtracks. Uh, And in the previous round, uh, go listen to the Patreon friends. Uh, I argued for the, or rather Eric argued and I flipped and supported that Batman Forever soundtrack should be Lion King. And now that we are here, I do not think that uh, The Wedding Singer should beat the Batman Forever soundtrack. So (laughs) The Lion King shall advance. We love a spite vote. Spite vote. The transitive property of it. I will say this for all of my grousing over the Lion King not fitting because it's an animated movie and the songs from the animated movie this one hits different because it is it does. Elton John Elton, and fucking John. Elton John released pop versions of those songs mm-hmm. that were monster hits so I can feel myself becoming more comfortable with Lion King advancing let's just say that and it will advance into round three can you feel I can feel the love I'm tonight? not going to say the love tonight I will say <laughs> I can feel the compromise. Yes, I can feel the compromise this afternoon. Next, it's a tragedy as the majority of the panel is swooning over four seed William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet, but Carissa wants to continue seducing one seed cruel intentions. Kate, explain why Romeo is still your number one crush. Kate, engage in an elaborate manipulation in order to sway votes in favor of intentions. I'm going to have Kate go first. Uh, I'm shocked, frankly, Carissa, that you are... Mm, mm. Okay, so William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet music from the motion picture. Uh, it is Baz Luhrmann's absolutely wackadoo interpretation of Romeo and Juliet, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. God damn, this movie is the nineties thing you nineties thing you could possibly imagine, and the music is pop music. Um, some of it recorded for the film, some of it not recorded for the film, but it is absolutely integral to the experience of the film. And I would also say the best part of the film, honestly, the music and the visuals up and I mean, up until everything goes to shit. I love this movie. And then everything goes to shit. And you're like, oh, my God, they're just shitty teenagers. What is happening? Which is actually the story of Romeo and Juliet. But yes. it loses some That's of accurate. its punch. Right. Yeah. It's accurate. <laughs> so uh, but we've got garbage and number one crush. My God, yeah. if you have not listened to this song recently, mm-hmm. do do yourself a favor. So Everclear, uh, Gavin Friday, Desiree's Kissing You, <laughs> which is so good. Um, you have the Butthole Servers. You have uh, one of the best Radiohead songs of all time, regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not it's on a soundtrack, Talk Show Host, which like every time I hear it, do I see Leo DiCaprio sitting out on a beach just like smoking and being like a teenage dork? Yes, it's fantastic. Um, but I also want to say a song on this album that like head and shoulders above almost any other song we have talked about heretofore. The Cardigan's Love Fool sure. is on William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. This just cards on the table. I have this going all the goddamn way. This song is, or this album is absolutely spectacular and the most nineties thing you could possibly imagine. Also, there's two of them because they loved it so much. There's two versions. <laughs> Are there? I didn't know that. Um, Carissa talked to me about Cruel Intentions. 
wow, all of a sudden, like that's a lot of pressure. Uh, <laughs> a lot of pressure. <laughs> but I, but I would, I would argue, and I will argue that Cruel Intentions is also quintessentially '90s. Sure. Just looking at the bands that are on it, you have Blur, Counting Crows. Marcy Playground, Amy Mann, uh, and The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. Mm. And the Counting Crows song is Colorblind, which is like mm. the most gorgeous, beautiful, sad, slowed down. Like the, this soundtrack is like the I'm 15 and I'm depressed teenage <laughs> mood that's like poppy. It's not like the crow depressed, right? But it's or, like- Or the Romeo and Juliet depressed. It's exactly. its own kind sure. of depressed. Yes. Right, right. But it really like- it. it if this were a chord, it would be a minor chord, you know, <laughs> like that's what this soundtrack is. And that feels so 90s to me and was such my experience and just the way that they're woven in and the really emotional moments like there's I just this is it for me. It is. It's it's so important for people who were not alive or were in the 90s to understand everyone in the 90s was depressed. We were all depressed. Oh, my God. We were and so we had depressed. had no reason. We had no reason. Like, look at what life has become since the 90s. Like, True. We had it we're, so good. We lived before the internet. It was kind yeah. of glorious. We never had it I better. Mean, like, I was actually, I was talking about this with my partner the other day and, and was like, what killed these? Oh, Napster. That's why yeah. there aren't, uh-huh. mm-hmm. that's why all of these are mixtapes that you just make without even thinking about now. Correct. But you it's couldn't so do true. that. Yep. 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 Jim, where are you coming out on this one? Um, I, my vote is for the song Talk Show Host by Radiohead. I mean, uh, <laughs> correct, correct. Absolutely <laughs> I mean, correct, it's a, it's a not It's a non-album track that's one of their mm-hmm. best, honestly. It's really, yep. it's really up there. But the only that, way you get that, it. that aside, <laughs> you know, I, I love the film. Um, I, they're both great films, but I mean that the, the Romeo plus Juliet, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, it's a great soundtrack. I'm going there. Um, I do think that we had some wonkiness with the seedings in this one. I would have expected that Romeo and Juliet would be a one seed, and instead, Cruel Intentions is the mm, one seed here. That's wild. That's wild. So interesting. To but me. No, it, tells me- I, it doesn't surprise me. Really? Yeah. No. Between those two films, you think that Cruel Intentions was the more yeah. popular one? Well, uh-huh. here's uh, it's a it's a it's an age thing, right? It's like yeah. two or three critical years. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. The micro the micro decades. Micro okay, I'm voting for William Shakespeare here. Um, I do think it is the more <laughs> appropriate appropriate the more um, impactful soundtrack of the two, even though they're both filled with '90s alt rock gems but i'm giving mm-hmm. it to shakespeare here so that will advance into round three next the panels evenly split between three seed the craft and two seed empire records jim oh, find man. the craft's chances and propel it into round three kate put rex manning into effects and push for <laughs> empire records i'm gonna have kate go first uh i would just like to bring the pod's attention to the fact that somebody on this pod was born on rex manning day so that's just <gasps> oh, a little or information rex manning, or rex manning day, day commemorates her birth. Uh, It's true. true. Empire Records, the soundtrack is a really, Empire Records, the film, is a film designed to have a soundtrack. Like it was made to push soundtracks into the hands of teeny boppers in malls because they were like, wow, teens today in the 90s really love soundtracks. So let's make a movie about, let's, let's make a movie that's an excuse, that's an advertisement for a soundtrack. Yep. And the fact that it's actually fucking great is almost an accident, I think. And I feel grateful for it because this is just a cold, calculated marketing decision. Uh, the movie, if you haven't seen it, um, you should. It's fun. It is what it is like to be a, an ensemble comedy that's really a commercial for a soundtrack in the 90s. <clears throat> Liv Tyler's in it, uh, Ethan Embry's in it, uh, Debbie Mazer's in it, baby Renee Zellweger is in it, mm. and Sexy Rexy, our own. What what the hell is his name? I can't think of his name. My brain is not working today. He was in Greece too. That guy. Oh, Maxwell Caulfield. Yeah, yes. yes, Maxwell Caulfield. Also God, in he it. was hot in the 80s. <clears throat> not so much in the 90s, but in the 80s, very mm, hot. Very hot, <laughs> very hot. So, so... This is just also legitimately a great soundtrack. It has a lot of kind of smaller under the radar alternative um, bands that were that were just like they're like, hey, put them on the soundtrack because we want to sell it. We have the Gin Blossoms till I hear it from you. We have Cranberries, Liar, 
Edwin Collins, A Girl Like You, which you will actually see other places and is a great song. Uh, Free the Martinis, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Crazy Life, The Innocence Mission, Bright as Yellow, Better Than Ezra, Circle of Friends, uh, Ape Hangers, I Don't Want to Live Today, Cracker, Whole Lot of Trouble. I love that song. Ready, Steady, Go by the Mises, What You Are, Drill, Nice Overalls, Lester, Here It Comes Again, Please, The Ballad of El Goodo, Evan Dando, and Sugar High, Coyote Shivers, who is also an actor in the movie. There is not a bad song on this list. It is this, It is the kind of like right down the middle alternative mall impeccable soundtrack. Jim, the gauntlet, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> so you're going to have to counterspell this for the craft. Go for it. Nice. I like that. Uh, you know, the, it's uh, this was a tough one because I knew Empire Records as everything you said, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great. Uh, collection of like lesser known bands to some extent. And it was a big deal in that moment. Um, but then I, I, and I didn't really honestly know either one till I kind of looked at it. But as I was comparing, uh, we talked earlier um, in part one about like, kids these days, you need to understand that we didn't have the internet in the way you do. We didn't have, you know, algorithms telling us what great playlists are. And we didn't have mm-hmm. uh, Wikipedia even to like research all this kind of stuff to that extent that you do today. Um, you really had mixtapes made by friends or mixtapes made by soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And I think this one, when I started looking at it, I was like, this is a really good introduction to a lot of different bands, a good collection, um, some covers that are of older, you know, they're covers of other band songs. So Tomorrow Never Knows by uh, Lennon McCartney is our La- done by Our Lady Peace. You have, um, you know, songs by Sponge, Letters to Cleo, How Soon Is Now by Love Split Love, which is, you know, classic. Um, you have other songs that are, you know, Jewel, Matthew Sweet, you, a nice kind of variety of that, Space Hog, uh, Elastica. So you have all of those things um, that bl- nudged me in the other direction, even though I know they're kind of great collections, both of them. Yeah, this is a tight one. Uh, it mm-hmm. is a two, three, and th- two seed and three seed, and I think that is correct. I think that is exactly where they need to be. Um, Carissa, where are you on this? I just want to point out that we've seen Letters to Cleo in at least three songs <laughs> across two soundtracks right now, <laughs> oh, no. and two soundtracks that feature How Soon Is Now, either yes. by the Smiths or cover by yep. the Smiths. So that's interesting. Yes. But um Sharing a birthday with the holiday mm-hmm. that is Rex Manning Day definitely tips me toward Empire Records. I own this on vinyl. Uh, it mm. is um, translucent orange and it is lovely and gorgeous. Fantastic. And th- this soundtrack is a bop. The film is a bop, and everything about it is amazing. It has to say no more, Mane Mane more. more. <laughs> what I find so interesting is I was listening to this for this uh, when we were on vacation at the Jersey Shore with my partner and we put on the craft soundtrack and How Soon Is Now comes out. It was like, this can't be right. This is the, this is the same song that opens Charmed, which is another show about witches. And <laughs> it sure works so well. Enough, it is the same song. Um, but uh, hilarious. Um, so fun fact, our editor for this episode, Hi Jack, said there's only two answers. It's the Batman uh, Forever soundtrack or the craft Correct. soundtrack. Correct. And I'm yeah, very yeah. sorry for you, Jack, but both the second one's about to go out because mm. even if I did vote for the craft and I, I am leaning towards the craft, it doesn't matter because Empire Records is the mm. higher seat here. So we are currently split. The thing I will say for Empire Records, listening to that soundtrack again, is it sounds exactly like what I would expect to hear when I'm walking into an alternative music store yep. in 1995. Mm-hmm. Yes! That is yes. exactly what we'll be playing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's actually remarkable for a soundtrack to capture that sound so so well. So I believe it is uh, Empire Records is Kate and Carissa, yes. me and Jim on yes. the craft, but Empire Records is the higher seed and it will advance to round three. Thank goodness. I, I don't have to explain my art to you, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Next, not one, not two, but three unanimous decisions as four seed reality bites. Couldn't find enough reasons to move forward. One seed, 10 things I hate about you. I am so glad that it's gone. <laughs> I am sick and tired of talking about that goddamn movie on this podcast. <laughs> Six Seed Wayne's World smoked oh, out. Two, what, go ahead. You, I, yeah, you said that earlier that you don't want to talk about it anymore on the podcast. Ten yeah. things I hate about you, but 
I'm pretty sure we're going to convince you to do best uh, Shakespearean adaption, and it's going to <gasps> yep. be on that. Yep. Oh, baby. Sorry yeah, to burst your bubble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm glad you all love it so much. Six seed Wayne's World smoked out two seed Dazed and Confused, and four seed The Bodyguard put out a hit on one seed Pulp Fiction. I do want to point out that most of our one seeds are out of this bracket right now, which rarely Chaos. happens on the show. Yeah, yeah. I, our I think, taste is the best taste. There you go. I think that means that there's a glitch in the matrix. Finally, in round two, three quarters of the panel continues to sample the box of chocolates that is three seed Forrest Gump, um, uh, and I. Remain ready to mingle with seven seed singles. Jim, I lack the ability and interest in making another Forrest Gump pun. So you talk about that. I will play the field for singles. I'd like to start first, if I may, because okay. is this, this where is we get read? Where I get read you all for film. I had warned my panelists that this was coming. So, all right. All right. You know ready. how on this podcast we say everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. <laughs> I am not actually sure that my respected panelists are entitled to this wrong opinion. Forrest Gump over singles? Are you kidding me? Okay. Singles is a hugely important soundtrack for the 90s. Don't take my word for it. According to Steve Huey of All Music, quote, singles helped crystallize the idea of the Seattle scene in the mainstream public's mind. And it was also one of the first big selling 90s movie soundtracks to feature largely new work from contemporary artists. The soundtrack was released in 1992, three months before the Cameron Crowe film it was attached to was even released because it was intended to hype the movie. And it did. It went double platinum and cracked the top 10 album charts. What acts are actually on the soundtrack? Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell, Mud Honey, Smashing Pumpkins, Paul Westerberg, shout out to Brendan Hay. Singles is grunge music. Grunge music was the 90s. Forrest Gump was lame in the 90s and does not fare any better now. So I say to you, Jim, explain yourself. <laughs> oh, this is hard. Um, <laughs> you got this, Jim. I, well, the tough thing is that I do agree with you that singles is all that, right? It, it is very 90s, very, very 90s. Um, but as I mentioned, as I was setting up my argument last time I talked, um, there is the, the idea of like, is this in was this in everyone's uh, CD collection or our parents? Um, Was it a great mixtape of a certain type of music, a great collection? Because you couldn't get that on the internet. You couldn't get that. You Mm -hmm. couldn't download something and you didn't have all these albums together. So it was such a great exposure to a wide range of music uh, that also is these timeless classics that are integrated into the film to kind of show passage of time and give a sense of the the you know the iconic uh, the 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 in each scene it, it gives a sense of place in the moment it, it gives you this historical journey it gives you um, there's the emotional kind of resonance to that it, it, a lot of the songs give are like a needle drop that gets you in that moment right in the film and so it's very well integrated but also it stands alone as a great soundtrack because it is in some ways a great mixtape you know it, it has all of those songs for like me and my brother we'd listen to it and be like oh that's that song's by that artist or oh i've heard that before um you know it was new it was a learning experience i suppose for a lot sure. of these big names um you know and it has uh, it does kind of give that historical sense no there are, may not be any songs from the 90s on it other than the the theme uh, but it definitely uh, it was a big moment kind of like the lion king argument too for me personally like once i made that commitment to that idea it was a thing of the 90s it was a big thing of the 90s even though the soundtrack itself might not represent the music of the 90s i think you defended it as well as anyone could kate where are you <laughs> It is impossible to overstate or to even count how many times I listen to the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Like I, I can see it, the little red disc, the little blue disc. It was just constantly in my player. This was how I, at the age of 13, 14, became educated in very high level 50, 40 years of American popular music. I have never listened to the single soundtrack. That said, I think this is a micro generation thing. I'm not a huge grunge person. Like 
and and I your argument is correct, Eric, and I'm almost swayed by it, right? That like the whole reason we have the kind of soundtracks we do in the 90s is because of the singles soundtrack, mm-hmm. right? Because it was so successful and it actually like led a cultural moment, right? Like introduced the world at large to grunge. Um, so I guess, you know, my rubric was, did I own it? And what was my relationship to it? How 90s is it? Um, and what is more 90s than a sort of like uh, keep it simple, stupid guide? <laughs> like, it is that, yeah. It's to that. like some pretty like basic white bread American music. <laughs> like, but like, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you used the term basic because if I had yep. to describe the Forrest Gump soundtrack to someone who did not know what it was, I would Top say, level, high imagine, level. Imagine pleated khaki pants. <laughs> That's the Forrest Gump soundtrack. That's it. Carissa, where are you? Yeah, but I owned the Forrest Gump soundtrack and Mm. I was totally in the grunge microcosm and I didn't, I'm a Pumpkins fan, but I did Mm -hmm. not own the single soundtrack because I knew the Pumpkins. I knew Alice in Chains, but I Mm. did not know Creedence Clearwater Revival until- I did not know Joan Baez until this. Yes, yes. Yes. Like it really did. It gave us so much. It was two discs worth of stuff that it gave us. And like CCR was really having a moment at that time because then I got like the BMG or Columbia House, like whatever, yep, best yep, Like yep. it was an on- a legit entree point for me into other stuff. And so I have to give it to that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, here's the last <laughs> argument I will make. And listen, when I'm beat, I'm beat and I respect it, <laughs> is that you're saying that um, Forrest Gump was 90s because it came out in the 90s and that is true. But if Forrest Gump came out in the 2000s, it would have the exact same impact that it did in the 90s. No, because we would not be buying hard copy CDs. Yeah. And we would have the internet. Did. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that level of corniness would mm-hmm. take off in the, in the 2000s. After 9 11? Probably not. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Nope. But we'll never know. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> I waged the battle. Uh, I lost the war. That is it for the end of round two. We're going to take a quick break to work on our penny whistle solos. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, listeners, it's Bob from the Great Pop Culture Debate. We hope you're enjoying this episode and that you're yelling back at your speakers telling us how wrong we are. Did you know that there's a much better way to tell us how you feel? Come kiki with our panelists on Discord. Our patrons at the $10 level get access to our exclusive Discord server, where you can share your thoughts about our decisions or or just gab with our group about everything pop culture. It's like participating in your own episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked. We have something for everyone to talk about, including reality TV, comics, news, nostalgia, and so much more. So if you love spirited debate and fabulous people, become a Patreon supporter today and join in on the conversation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back for round three of our best 90s soundtrack debate. Before we get to the Elite Eight, I would like our panelists to share their social media and what else they're working on. Please make sure to include your beeper numbers. Jim, uh, how can people find you? What are you working on? Um, I can be found at JCZAD on uh, Mastodon and whatever Twitter is called by the time this episode comes out. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. Um, oh yeah, right. We're the hundredth episode is what we're currently planning behind the scenes right now, and that'll be a lot of fun. You should yes. definitely, definitely check that out. And it'll be out before this is, so uh, you can actually go, go back, back in, in time. time. Yes, and listen to that. <laughs> Correct. And and before we made it too, so for us. So like, yep. I'm promoting something that I have no idea what it's going to be, but correct. It's great. 
Welcome Amazing. To magic. Yep, Amazing. Welcome to magic. It, was, it was so good. So good. Uh, Carissa Kloss, how can people find you and what are you working on? Uh, my uh, account tag everywhere is at Carissa Kloss, all one word. Um, and I, my current project is trying to somehow keep up with every single currently airing franchise of Drag Race. And it is <laughs> really, really difficult. It's an uphill battle. Yep. It, is sev- it is like a part-time job. It is a lifestyle. It, it, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It truly is. It is. Thank you. Kate, uh, how can people find you? What you're working on? Uh, you can find me at the Instagrams at Gomez Rack if you like cat pictures. I'm on the Twitter, whatever, I guess, still at Kate Reculia. Uh, I'm I'm working on a book. It's, it's slow. It'll happen someday. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's happening. It's happening. I, I'm also moving. I will have moved by the time this comes out. Wild. Exciting time. Well, thank you, Kate. And you can find me at Eric Resniak on Twitter and Instagram, but really you should just message at Great Pop Culture Debate on Insta or at GPCD on Mastodon. We are still on Twitter as much as we would like to get off of it, or as Jim pointed out, whatever the fuck it's called currently, <laughs> at culture underscore debate. Um, yeah, uh, social media is a mess. Uh, I wish <sighs> we were back in the 90s before we had it, but then you'd never know about this podcast anyway. So. Yeah. Now let's move on to round three so I can get to that two for one used CD sale at Media Play. Shout out to Media Play. Media Play! Oh, God, what a time to be alive. First, I believe it is yet another unanimous victory for ultimate number one seed, Clueless, which has proved that it is a totally important soundtrack when compared to three seed, The Lion King. Uh, um, hold hold oh, that thought. Oh, okay. I might be flippity flopping. What is wrong with you, Kate? <laughs> well, here's here's where I say I love I love Clueless the movie. The soundtrack is fine. It's fine. <gasps> oh, oh no, you did. It's fine. The Lightning Seed song is absolutely incredible. Yes, it's the rest is fine. Jill, Jill Sobiel. Sobiel. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. So, I didn't eat yesterday, and I didn't eat today, and, and I'm, I'm not, not gonna, gonna eat, eat tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, it's fine. No, it's all right. So, so Kate is now in the Lion King camp. Jim, where are you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you thinking? I don't no, understand this... what's happening right now. <laughs> this, you know, th- this was my time to get off that train of Lion King. I think that it, it had yes. gone and far enough. That was my decision at this point. So, okay. please, okay, Carissa, okay. yeah. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> F. As, as um, if. Yeah. I mean, uh, what the hell? You're getting on the freeway. That's what I have to say. <laughs> um, yes. So we will be advancing. Oh, it does have fake plastic trees. It has yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Trees. I don't think it has the Celine Dion version of All By Myself on the actual It does soundtrack. not. It does not. No. And, <laughs> which, and it does have Rolling With My Homies. It does have, yes. which is important. That's it quintessential. Important. Yeah. Yes. All right. So we will advance The Lion King into, excuse me. We will advance Clueless into the final four. Next, it seems that the majority of the panel remains a fan of the classics, as four-seed William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet mm-hmm. continues to woo votes going into the semifinals. But Carissa has alternative thoughts and prefers two-seed Empire Records. Kate, explain why you're still a love fool for R plus J. Carissa, scrounge up some votes for Empire Records. Carissa, why don't you go first? I can't believe that Kate is flipping in this mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. battle right now because, as Kate argued uh, for Empire Records earlier, um, this is a film that was made to have a soundtrack. It is kids yep. working in a record store. You get a lot of different styles, like beyond just the actual official soundtrack. Uh, the film it was my introduction to Guar. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> That's the thing. There's like this whole uh, conversation at the end where they're talking about the pixies and like bass lines and all kinds of stuff that's amazing. But uh, it really was like a sampling of 90s bands. Cranberries are on here and not really mm-hmm. anywhere else that we talked mm-hmm. about. And no, I think not. the importance of the cranberries in the 90s cannot be overstated now. Like mm-hmm. it, they really were everywhere and so important to all of us. It's definitely women. Uh, they had mm-hmm. to make it linger. They did. <laughs> they really did. Uh, Better Than Ezra is one of my favorite 90s bands that are yeah, like still doing stuff. Like I fucking love them. And they are here with Circle of Friends, which is only for this movie. There's a lot of only for this movie songs here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are different versions of the soundtrack that have the Coyote Shivers Sugar High with Renee Zellweger doing the verse from the film. So that's really cool. Like, probably kind of meta, like what came first, right? Chicken or the egg. Um, and also, I went to Horde Fest in like 1997. <laughs> um, and one of the bands I went to see was Toad the Wet Sprocket because oh. I was so in love with Crazy Life uh, that I, yeah. And it was really great because, you know, the, their audience was super chill. And so my friend and I got really up close to the front and it was a festival. So like, the next band was on a different stage. So we decided to just wait it out for whoever was coming up on the stage we were at. And I don't remember who it was, but it was somebody a lot more rocking than I had to be pulled out by security guards oh. over a bunch of people <laughs> because I almost died. Again, that I was, was 15. The 90s. Yes. Yep. That was yep. the 90s. Yep. So that was fun. So yeah, Toad the Wet Sprocket uh, on Empire Records. Lots of memories. Got It's gotta. It's gotta move forward. Kate, Romeo, Juliet. I honestly, I don't, I don't know what I can say to that. That is exactly. That is a gauntlet. I mean, what I would say, Empire Records has consistency, stem to stern. It does have some songs in the movie that are not on the soundtrack, like the These, This Is the Day, which is such a heartbreaking to me. And and money, and Mm -hmm. money. Yep. Mm -hmm. You, it's what they want. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would argue that the highs on William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet are higher than the highs on Empire Records. Number One Crush is an absolute stone cold, like yes. one of one of the greatest songs of the 90s. Talk show host, one of the greatest songs, period, of the 90s or otherwise. Love Fool, like I said. Uh, and also, I mean, granted, I, I've probably seen Empire Records more often than I've seen Romeo and Juliet, as discussed before. There's a point in the movie where I'm, where I'm just like, oh, these shitty kids are just going to make a big mess for everyone. What the hell is going on? Um, <laughs> But the like the kissing you song is so inextricable from the scene where Leo and Claire like make eyes at each other through a fish tank. Iconic. And, iconic. And I think one of the things that's so like a really great soundtrack is one that you cannot separate from the film. And I actually can separate the Empire Records soundtrack from the film. The only song I really think I like have in my mind is the one that like Liv Tyler is like sexy dancing to, like while she's waiting for for Sexy Rexy to show up. Like that song, I think is the Innocence Mission song, maybe. Snake, snake, snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so like, but the rest of it, it's not quite as. Which I'm sure is probably because I'm sorry, whoever made Empire Records, but you're not kind of in Basil Lerman's league in terms of marrying music to image. Um, so that. That's why I'm giving it to Romeo and Juliet, because of a piece with the film, it is a superior soundtrack. Jim, where are you on this one? I agree with Kate. No. Mm. So can I just say, if I'm going to listen to a soundtrack, I want it to be more than like three good songs and a bunch of stuff that, you know, was also ran on the thing. Like Kate doesn't hasn't seen reality bites nearly or uh, empire records probably both uh, <laughs> nearly as recently as i have but these films are these songs are so woven into the film there's ready steady go when they're chasing the shoplifter through the store uh the cranberries like better than ezra stuff it's like y- you just need to rewatch it and you'll be like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah like it is interwoven it is yeah it is consistent and if you're gonna listen to an album you want something where every part of it is good, not three are great and then ten are like whatever. Uh, yes, it's fair. It's fair. But so, the rest of the songs are very good. Here's my argument. Chris is like, sure. I, I agree with Kate's argument that the highs on Romeo are higher mm-hmm. because this is another super 90s reference. Who remembers Ashcans? Remember Ashcans? They were a thing yeah. in the 90s. They were like cheapo comics that were used to promote like kind of like forerunners of the actual first issues coming out. So you would like mm. read through the preview and then go and pick up the oh, regular yeah, yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I feel like the Empire Records soundtrack is like the ash cans of soundtracks. It was like, here's a whole bunch of really cool up and coming bands that you should know about and get into them, which again is exactly what you would expect from an alternative music store at that time. So it really works well. But in terms of which one had the most pop to me and the the sound the songs that I can name off very quickly and that walloped me while watching the film, 
it is Romeo and Juliet. So I'm sorry, Carissa. No. If I, if I have to suffer with singles going out to Forrest <laughs> fucking Gump, you can suffer this. Imagine me, uh, Paul Rubens dying in Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh. right now. Oh. Also, shout oh. out to an icon. But yes, shout out to Peter oh. ah. oh. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will be moving Romeo and, Sho- uh, Romeo and Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. Well, we don't know their lives. We don't know their lives. The final four. That's now, the would, fanfic version. Would watch. Yeah, there you go. Would watch. Uh, next, the Mirthmobile may be running out of gas as three-seed Wayne's World is currently losing the match against four-seed Reality Bites. Jim, explain why we are totally mental if we abandon Wayne and Garth at this point in the bracket. I will explain why Reality Bites remains my 90s soundtrack fantasy. Uh, Jim, do you want to talk? We haven't talked about Wayne's World yet. Do you want to go ahead and No, we haven't. And looking at uh, behind behind the scenes, it looks like uh, I have, have things stacked up against me a little bit you, here. You maybe do. Um, so what I have to admit something I, uh, I needed to prepare and, uh, I, I didn't feel prepared, you know, and I didn't believe in myself enough. So I actually, I've been in my non-podcasting life. I've been working a little bit with, uh, generative AI and chat GPT. So I reached out to chat GPT oh, to build oh, my no. argument for me <laughs> oh, my God, and I yes. thought I would, I would do it for you. I think it'll give it a little more pop. So <laughs> Party on, podcasters. Wayne's World is crashing the debate with its headbanging anthems and irreverent charm. While other soundtracks might be stuck in traffic, Wayne's World is the one that's shredding guitar solos and partying like it's 1992. So grab your air guitar and let's rock on the debate stage because it's the battle of the bands. Wayne's World is the ultimate headliner. It has iconic anthems. Songs like Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen and Dreamweaver by Gary Wright have become synonymous with the movie itself. Party atmosphere. It has tracks like Party on Wayne, Party and Garth, and uh, and the soundtrack not only enhances the movie's party scene, but it also brings on the party vibe directly to your ears. Party. Say uh, party one more party. time. <laughs> That's the next line. Why comparing it? I asked. I asked it to compare it against Reality Bites. So these are like some digs from Jet, oh. Chat GPT. All right, party versus brooding. While Reality Bites <laughs> might be brooding over life's complexities, Wayne's World is too busy partying on, providing that little headbanging can do wonders for one's perspective, and also. And also has cultural significance. <laughs> Wayne's World is not just a movie. It's a cultural phenomenon that transformed Ooh. the way we jam to be Bohemian Rhapsody forever. Can <clears throat> Reality Bites claim it influenced carpool karaoke trends? So in, the, so in headbanging her, her hilarity versus brooding reality, Wayne's World rocks on with its timeless anthems and unbeatable party spirit. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Party on Garth. Party on, Garth. Huh. Party on, ChatGPT. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a lot more secure about my job. Um, so thank you for that, Jim. Um, let me talk Wait, to you. Versus brooding. Versus <laughs> Party versus brooding. Yes. Let me talk about you've, des- you've, you've described that was the change in the 90s. It was. Mm-hmm. That was. That mm-hmm. was. Yes. That was the literal change of yes. mood. Yes. And now I'm going to talk to you about pro brooding. So um, <laughs> this is a tight one because they're actually both great soundtracks that Fair. are essentially 90s. Like yeah. I give Reality Bites the edge here for having more original 90s music on it. Lenny Kravitz, Crowded House, mm-hmm. Dinosaur Jr., The Posies, <clears throat> Juliana Hatfield. It also created hits in the 90s for 80 songs that were re-released Tempted by Squeeze and My Sharona by the Knack which is not to say that Wayne's World did not have hits for re-released songs as well obviously Bohemian Rhapsody but of course the reason that Reality Bites is a top 490 soundtrack in my opinion is Stay by Lisa Loeb we have talked about this Yep, before on the podcast, Stay made Lisa Loeb the only artist in Billboard history to top the singles chart without being signed to a record label. That is an incredible achievement. The song went to the number six on the top top 100 Billboard charts for 1994, and it was the number 42 Billboard top 100 song for the entire 1990s. But it's just one song, you say. Well, you say I only hear what I want to. It is a song that is instantly recognizable even 30 years later, and it perfectly captured a moment, a vibe that was unequivocally 90s. It is musical amber, and we wouldn't have it without the Reality Bite soundtrack. That whole soundtrack 
captures that moment, that vibe in the mid nineties. And I think chat GPT made a great point (laughs) that Wayne's world forever changed carpool karaoke. I would argue to you that the reality bite soundtrack forever changed the coffee house singer songwriter vibe. We didn't have that crystallized the way that we did before this, this album. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, Carissa, where are you? Yeah, this was the closest to a Sophie's Choice for me uh, in this uh, because uh, Bohemian Rhapsody fundamentally changed the way I listened to Queen and also rode in cars. Um, (laughs) But uh, Reality Bites is so 90s and introduced me to the Violent Femmes. uh, Mm -hmm. So I I have to go there. Kate. Kate. I am definitely Reality Bites. And it's just, it's interesting. I don't think of Wayne's World as a soundtrack. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, what's on it other than the Tia Carrera song, which is incredible. (laughs) There's multiples of hers, which is, that's the one part that I was like, uh, because she's amazing. Yeah. Because, like, I just, when I think of that song, I mean, maybe it's also age. I was listening to the radio, right? I hadn't, I I didn't have a CD player yet when that movie came out. But I definitely had a CD player when Reality Bites came out. And the soundtrack is absolutely absolutely exceptional uh we even have ethan hawk singing i'm nothing mm-hmm. and he's terrible in such a way that my friend laura used to say oh god ethan don't sing <laughs> but but it also it's got all i want is you which is one of the most beautiful youtube songs that's um, i think it's the best whew, such a good song yeah anyway i'm that i'm that i'm reality i'm biting so great job, Jim and ChatGPT, but we are going to move <laughs> mm-hmm. Reality Bites into the final four. Finally, in round three, one more unanimous victory as four seed the bodyguard remains the queen of the night, defeating three seed Forrest Gump. Thank God. <laughs> and with that, we have our final four. We're going to take a quick break to see what's available via the Columbia House Record Club this month. We will be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we are back with the final four of our best 90 soundtrack debate. At this point in the show, I always like to take a step back and see if we got to the final four that I was expecting. I think I can say unequivocally no. Uh, it's certainly <laughs> not the final four that the, the voters in our polls expected because we have one one seed and three four seeds. <laughs> but I will say that I enjoy the range of stuff that's on here i think reality bites spoke to young adults and alt rock the bodyguard obviously r&b william shakespeare's romeo and julia and clueless are maybe in the same vein Mm, one's a little poppier one's Mm. a little more alt a little more dramatic yeah Yeah, it's true Um, but that being said, let's jump into it. We're going to go around the horn. First up, it's Clueless, a one seed versus William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, a four seed. I'm going to start with Jim. Where are you on this one? I'm still with Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Uh, Carissa, where are you? I'm with Clueless. Kate. Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Um, 
I'm clueless. I am. And um, as much as I'm also sick of talking about 10 things ahead of you, I'm actually also getting sick of talking about clueless. What? Um, I know I am. SF. We have have hoed that road. And believe me, I know about hoeing. There goes your social life. Exactly. Yes, Jim. I I don't know if we've mentioned, I just see it right here, that the 10th anniversary of Romeo plus Juliet uh, included... Everybody's free to wear sunscreen, which is the most ninety-est thing possible. Everybody's the Boss Lerman song. It is. That's <laughs> yep. true. The Boss Lerman song. Yeah. Um, I don't so, know if that's going to sway anyone, but I don't know. think it's going to sway me. I don't. Um, uh, in terms of like why I'm picking it over Romeo and Juliet. First of all, I had Clueless. I didn't have Romeo and Juliet, and I just feel as though. Oh God! Maybe am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, yes. you're, you're absolutely wrong. not you're wrong. wrong, Eric. Mm-hmm. Me, a child of sixteen. Oh, I love Clueless. I'll get it from the BMG Music Club. Yeah, that was fine. No, you've got Kids in America, <laughs> okay. that beautiful <laughs> Counting Crows, which is live yes. from a studio in Boulder from 1993, which is amazing. Uh, mm. Radiohead acoustic doing fake plastic trees. I mean, yeah. and 90s, talk show host, talk, acoustic stuff. Talk you know? show host is better. <laughs> yeah, better. but is it acoustic? <laughs> it's still better. <laughs> Um, it is the only one seed left in the bracket, and and one thing that was briefly mentioned, I think, in our uh, in the warm up part of the episode, this is the only soundtrack still left in here that acknowledges the ska moment mm. that we had yeah. in the '90s. The mm. mighty mighty boss tones are on here, yeah. uh, and, and we are not acknowledging it, but it was a fucking thing. Mm. Nut <laughs> zippers was like oh. I had that I had that CD. Everyone wanted to do swing classes. It was like a, a thing. So that's here, and I feel like I mean we're sweeping it under the rug now, but like we should acknowledge our problematic past. Okay, we should. So. We should. <laughs> So Jim. maybe to, to sum up your argument, um, William and uh, the, William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet is what we wish the '90s were, but Clueless <laughs> is what it actually it's what was. Actually was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's honestly. the side by side. What I think I am, what I actually am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll take it if it moves forward. This brilliant gem of collection of songs, but yes, I, I think I am going to stick with Clueless. I'm sorry, Kate. Um, but it's right. got to the final sorry. four. It's um, cool. Next, it's Reality Bites versus the Bodyguard. 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 <laughs> Bodyguard is Romeo and Juliet. Um, both four seeds. Mm. I'm going to start with Kate. Reality Bites or Bodyguard? My, oh, oh. I have to say Reality Bites while also acknowledging that the Bodyguard, which we haven't really talked we about. Haven't talked about it at all. Like, I have appreciated more. Like, as a kid, I was like, ah, I'm so tired of that <laughs> fucking song. Yeah. But, like, as an adult... The movie is just wildly entertaining cheese trash. Um, She's fantastic in it. It's heartbreaking. That guy is also there. Um, The actual bodyguard. But the soundtrack is impeccable. It is one of the best parts of her recording career. Um, And it's kind of shades of the like uh, Purple Rain conversation um, in terms of. But but it's it's more tied in with the movie. I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carissa, where are you on this one? This is hard, uh, but Reality Bites has Ethan Hawke doing a cover of Violent Femmes added <laughs> up. And like, <clears throat> that is my karaoke jam. Ethan Hawke was my <laughs> 90s, any movie, all the things I was there for. That that That's, yeah. Uh, that was a formative viewing for me, and it was entirely based on the music. So Reality Bites. So Kate, just so I'm clarified, were you? I was, I was, I was Reality Bites purely on personal, but like ah, Queen of the Night, Run to You, like oh, it's hard. Whitney was such a moment. Every woman, I have nothing. I will always love you. Yeah, Jim, where are you on this one? Well. ChatGPT has to say, the bodyguard is serenading (laughs) souls with Whitney Houston's heavenly voice. Reality Bites seems to be stuck in a reality check of musical mediocrity. Because because let's let's be real. One's a love ballad that never stops, while the other might just be a one-hit wonder in the realm of soundtracks. What What? does that even mean? I don't, but it sounds... 
It sounds great, right? Yeah. Compelling. It's a, it's a read, <laughs> so yeah. Outside of that, um, yeah, it's tough because it it, it was such uh, the bodyguard was such a big, you know, it, it is its it is its thing, right? It is such a big yeah. thing, and um, a credit to a I different to area that I have to switch. I switched. I just Chat switched. GPT switched you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I feel awful. You should fear for your jobs, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> There go the podcasting jobs. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely. Uh, I mean, it, it was such a it was such a big thing, right? It, the bodyguard. And it, yeah. yeah, and also, I mean, I honestly wanted to prop up a different. We had so many of these just nineties alternative, yeah, yes, rock yes, yes, that I I wanted to prop that up too to give it you know give it more voice. It's uh, yeah, we don't have that sound represented here. Nope. We nope. got rid of everything that was uh, R&B mm-hmm. in round one. Um, I am leaning to the bodyguard here. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, my argument is Reality Bites is great. Reality, I, I, I talked about how good it was last round. Mm-hmm. But the bodyguard uh, almost, it's not even a soundtrack as much as it is a statement on mm-hmm. 90s R&B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... So let me. I just checked this while we were we were tied. Forty five million copies have been sold yep. of the Bodyguard wow. contract. Wow! The album gave Houston the distinction of having the most weeks at number one by a female artist on the Billboard, and she held that record for almost twenty years until Adele's twenty one. Yeah, like. And let me say this: I'm not even coming at it from an "I will always love you" standpoint because, like, mm-hmm. me, right. we, great song. But the other Whitney songs, oh, on they're the so good. Are yes. actually what do it for me? Yes. Yep. I have nothing. I use that now all the time. Like, <laughs> still to this day, I'm out of cheese. I have nothing. Like, um, I, I give it to the bodyguard. So, just to recap, I believe Carissa, you're still in reality. I mean, I, I'll I'll stand here, but if if we're tied, I'm willing to sway because the arguments are valid, and I I'm swayable here, even as much as I love Reality Bites. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim, you're with Bodyguard. Yep. Kate, bodyguard or reality? I am with bodyguard. I'm right. with bodyguard. Well, well so I'll also stay saying, reality just for the yeah. cred. But okay, yeah. <laughs> that I love that. So we have love a final it. two I'm of Clueless, our ultimate you. one seed, <laughs> <laughs> and the bodyguard of four seed. I'm gonna go around the horn, Jim. Where are you coming down? Uh, um, boy, good question. What did I vote before? I yeah. don't. I have no recollection have no of idea. what you said originally. Yes, things have, oh. things have, things have gone. Yeah, yeah. I had Romeo. I had Romeo plus Juliet as a winner. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. um, God. Well, I mean, it is hard to go against the fact that the Bodyguard is one of the best, one of the most best-selling soundtracks of all time. Um, you know, it's a testament to its widespread popularity and enduring impact. So, I think I'll go with that. And I do want to point out, because we get sometimes dinged for this, people like, just because it was the best selling doesn't mean it was the best. And I agree with that. If it was the best selling, but not terrific. I mean, I argued The Lion King how many times? And that was like uh, 7 million things sold. But like, Mm -hmm. The Bodyguard is both the best selling and incredibly good art. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though the music, it's it's, the soundtrack is better than the movie. That I think is an important distinction here. And Clueless, the movie is better than the soundtrack. It's better than the soundtrack. Kate, where are you on this? I am the bodyguard. That's, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Carissa. Yeah, I still just see the bodyguard more as like a Whitney album than Mm -hmm. as a soundtrack. And Clueless is like very much a collection of songs by various 90s bands, Counting Crows, Luscious Jackson, Radiohead. Like, I, I can't oh, move forward man. a best 90s oh. thing that doesn't have Radiohead in it. <sighs> Crackers here. I mean, Supergrass and also the Joe Sobio song that we've been talking about. Like, eh. Yeah, uh, uh, it is you know, so. Not, it is the more '90s thing to me versus Bodyguard. Maybe a better album. I own the Clueless soundtrack on vinyl. Hmm. All right, so you're distinctly in the in the Clueless camp, Jim. Yes, has I have been swayed by the argument of Radiohead. <laughs> I think I've been swayed. I think I'm in the Clueless camp. You know what I really want? I want Batman Forever to be here, but yeah. that's not what we have. So. Well, I guess we could go back to the 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 Lion Kingness of it all, right? Like, is it one thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess you're right. I think Reality Bites is a good variety. Of... You mean Clueless? Clu- oh, Clueless. Wow. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at all the notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
clueless. It's a, things it, have devolved. I know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but but right, the idea of a of a again back to that mixtape idea. Like this, is, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. has a, a range of different artists. All right, more so. so. I've, I've got two for clueless. Kate, lock in your vote. Your final I'm clueless. Answer. I'm locked I'm clueless. in. I'm, locked I'm right. clueless. Yep. <laughs> so there you have it. There you have it, folks. Our pick for the best 90s soundtrack is Clueless. Do you agree? Do you think our taste, like reality, totally bites? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Mastodon. While you're there, make sure that you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. If you really enjoyed the episode, please take a minute to like and rate the episode of the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen on. I want to say thank you to my panel. I'll make a mixtape of all my favorite clips from this episode for you. And thank you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content and get episodes a whole day early. We hope you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. I'm totally bugging. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.